Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Mindful Health Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jordan Cardoza, physical therapist. Today we're going to have a fun episode about shoes and kind of how to pick the proper shoes just for your kind of day-to-day life. Um, This can also be applied to many activities outside of that, such as running or going to the gym. There will be a slight difference if it's more for performance-based, such as like soccer cleats or maybe basketball shoes. But for the most part, just kind of everyday shoes, shoes that you would wear running, um, we'll talk about a little bit, but more so um, just kind of normal shoes that you'd wear most often throughout the day and even for work. We're going to talk about kind of what to look for in a great shoe and kind of how that differs from typical modern shoes that you may experience. So first off, we're going to talk about the shape of the shoe. One thing to always look at is the shoe should be shaped like a foot and not the other way around. So most modern shoes are have the longest point right in the middle of the shoe, as well as they're kind of pointy at the end. But if we look at what our foot looks like, right, the, that's not the longest point. The longest point is usually the toe or maybe the second toe, which are on the side of your foot, not the middle. So what happens over time, because we wear shoes for you know, at least eight hours a day if we're working, um, but probably even more than that when you count in all the time um, that you're shopping or just getting ready and going to work, things like that. So we're wearing these shoes for long periods of time. So what'll happen is if it is not shaped like your foot, if it's applying abnormal stress, which most shoes, modern shoes will, what happens is they end up conforming to the shape of the shoe. So then you end up with something like bunions, um, which is most commonly by the big toe, right, where you get that kind of formation of bone um, kind of popping out the side of the foot um, there. And the same thing can happen on the pinky side where you get that kind of bulge of muscle formation because the shoe is bringing the toes in together and kind of cramping them together. And that's how you can get that kind of bunion shape on the foot or just um, kind of compressed. Anyone who goes into buying a barefoot shoe, typically what you're looking for is a more straight edge on the inside that lines up with the toe, which would not be pushing your toe in. And then you want plenty of space for your toes to actually splay out. So the widest part of your foot should always be your toes. Uh, So the wider that kind of toe box is, the better. And I know there's shoes out there that are like modern shoes that'll say like wide toe box, but generally they still have the odd shape, a lot of them, of kind of pointed. So barefoot shoes typically, um, if you're a runner, Ultra also has nicely shaped um, running shoes, which are still um, some of the other components of barefoot shoes they do have. They don't have all of them, but they are a pretty good shoe if you are into running but don't want a shoe that's good for your foot, but maybe you don't want a barefoot shoe or something like that. Ultra is a great one for that as far as shape of the uh, shoe goes and uh, flexibility and a few other things. But that's kind of it for the shape. What you want is a nice wide toe box and kind of more straight along the toe. Basically, if it looks like your foot when you're barefoot, that's what you want to look for. Unless you already have some of that deformation, those bunions, something like that. Then obviously you'd want to kind of look for a different shoe because wearing the current shoes that you have are what resulted in the issue in the beginning. But the good thing is um, some of that may be irreversible, possibly depending on the severity. But lots of times you can reverse that just by wearing proper shoes maybe getting some toe spreaders, working on your toe mobility, and you can correct a lot of that, which is a good thing. The next thing we're going to talk about is rigidity. So basically how much that shoe will bend. A barefoot shoe, which is what I prefer for all activities, um, uh, what you consider a barefoot shoe, has a very thin sole, so maybe only 5 to 10 millimeters thick. Um, So these shoes can typically be kind of twisted up, rolled up into a ball. They basically will allow movement anywhere that the foot wants to move. Where most modern shoes, they bend at maybe two or three places in the foot, 
But our foot, if you look at the anatomy of it, is very similar to our hands. Um, obviously different, but very similar as far as the bones involved and things like that. We have over 30 joints of our foot, but yet typically in most shoes, it only bends in one or two spots, which can create overall rigidity and stiffness of the ankle. Think of tight calves. If you're having trouble squatting, you know, uh, limited ankle dorsiflexion, things like that. Um, those all contribute to, um, to how uh, the ankle is going to move and how you can function. So if you're in a shoe for eight hours a day and it's preventing motion, then over time, you're, those tissues, those joints are going to get stiff. That's one reason um, I think a lot of people end up with like plantar fascia because their plantar fascia isn't getting stretched like it normally would when you walk. So therefore, it just becomes stiff over time, which is why I typically have pain when they first get out of bed. And then as they walk around, stretching it out a little bit, it'll get better. And then it stiffens back up as they sit. And then they usually get a little better, but it's kind of that sequence. So that's one reason that can kind of help contribute to that. It is multifactorial and other things are involved, but that's kind of one of the other reasons. So a shoe that will just let your foot move as your uh, foot wants to move. You know, typically we say like putting someone in a cast that limits their arm motion is bad. It's the same thing if you're picking very stiff shoes. It's going to do a similar thing. Obviously not as severe, but you're also not wearing a cast for 20 years of your life, 30 years of your life, depending on how old you are, right? You're wearing it for a shorter period of time for a purpose. So even though a shoe is a less rigid version of a cast over time, I think it can have similar effects in that it creates stiffness in the body and in the joints and the muscles. The other th next aspect we're going to look at is the cushioning of the shoe. So for most activities, um, for my, my for myself, um, basically all activities, I use barefoot shoes that have hardly any supports. So like I said, the soles are typically around five millimeters. Um, so, oh, sorry, on the cushion. So the cushion's usually around five millimeters or so, uh, up to 10. Um, I have a hiking shoe that's, I think, around 12, which is uh, beneficial for that purpose. But for most of the time, a real thin cushion is what you're looking for. And that also goes for the different sizes of cushioning of the shoe. So if we look at most modern shoes, right, the, the heel of the shoe is a little bit thicker than the front of the shoe. And what that does, it's going to place your ankle in not a neutral position, but in a position of ankle plantar flexion. So not only is that going to limit your ability to get into dorsiflexion over time, which can tighten those gastrocs, think of it as wearing heels constantly all day long, obviously to a much lesser degree, because instead of being, you know, four or five or six inch heels, it's only separated by um, millimeters, um, things like that, depending on the, the difference, the differential between the back and the front. But over time, that's still going to have an effect. You're still going to increase uh, the stiffness of that gastroc soleus musculature, which will limit ankle dorsiflexion. And it's also going to put your body in a different position. So because your ankles are no longer neutral, your tibias will be um, either compensating by going into pure ankle or going into some ankle plantar flexion or bend a little bit so that it creates that neutral position and then your knees will bend and it kind of offsets the chain of your um, mechanics just in a resting posture. So for example, I had a patient once, she was having knee pain and the doctor put her in these very stiff, um, very cushioned shoes with you know a high heel like most shoes are and her back pain went away temporarily but then she was coming to us for PT for knee pain because she was having knee pain. So we, as we were talking, it, we discovered that she started having knee pain as soon as she started wearing these shoes. So we, what we ended up happening is we put her back in her old shoes, her knee pain went away, and then we fixed what was going on with the back. So instead of fixing the symptoms right by doing a short-term fix, which would be a, a nice cushioned shoe, 
Um, you can go for more long-term results, right? Improving range of motion, mobility, increasing strength, movement, and working on normal things that you'd work on in rehab. So for cushion-wise, limited cushion so you can actually feel the ground. Our feet have tons of nerve endings, and that gives stimulus and information to the brain. And when we wear really cushioned shoes, a lot of that information can get jumbled and mixed up because the vision of what you're seeing and what you're feeling on your feet are not the same, right? They're getting different inputs. You're seeing the ground, you're seeing rocks, things like that. And then your brain is feeling nice cushioned shoes, which can um, differentiate that a little bit, as well as shoes that have big cushions on them. You're bringing your ankle farther away from the ground. So if you do start to sprain your ankle, you have a longer moment arm, which is going to create more force at the ankle, which would create a, a greater ankle um, injury possibly because you're going to be going down into that everted position with a lot more force. So that's also something to consider. The last area that we're going to be looking at is support. So most barefoot shoes have limited to no arch support in them because a big purpose of barefoot shoes is relying on your own musculature of your feet to support your body like they're supposed to. Your foot has arches, there's bones, ligaments, and muscles that are there to support that arch and work with that. So if you have a shoe that does that, it's like wearing a brace or a corset or something all day long. Those muscles don't have to work, so they'll atrophy. The same thing goes with your foot, which is why I'm not a fan of orthotics as a long-term solution. As a short-term solution, they can work fine, but it's not a, it's not a, it's looking at the symptoms and it's going to work for a little bit, but it's not going to solve the actual problem. And for a lot of people think like, oh, if you don't have strong feet, if you have flat feet, you're doomed forever. The muscles of your feet are just like any other muscles in the body. If you work them, if you use progressive overload to progressively stress the area, they will get stronger just like every other muscle in your body. So if you do have flat feet, that can be reversed some. Um, some people that just have a structural um, difference in their foot that have a little bit more flat feet, that's still fine. Just because you have a flat foot doesn't mean you have a weak foot. So you can still strengthen it and improve that and get better. So that's just something to consider when looking at how much support your shoes have. The more support you give them, the less they're actually going to have to work and the weaker they can get over time. The other thing to consider is when we walk, if you look at the gait cycle, um, which is just how our foot act, uh, works when we're walking, it has a pronation or a flat foot effect during the stance phase to decrease load. So if your foot is naturally supposed to collapse a little bit to decrease force, and that's the mechanism that is normal for that. So if you have a shoe that has a super built-up arch, super built-up cushion, anti-pronation you know, um, pronation or things like that, when you have those things, you're actually messing with the natural mechanics of gait, which if your body is not going to support that, right, the, the collapsing of the foot during your stance phase of gait is there as uh, to absorb force at the other joints, right? It's a mechanism to help. So if you don't have that, the stress, the forces have to be delivered elsewhere, which will usually go to a different joint. So it's just going to affect with that as well. So I always tell people, you have the highest technology you could possibly want already built into your feet. You don't need a high technology shoe. The most basic shoe possible that meets the requirements of, for me personally, a nice wide toe box with a foot-shaped shoe is what you're looking for allowing for as much movement as you want, as much as you can. Typically, I like to be able to fold my shoes up and put them in my pocket. That's a good kind of test. For cushion-wise, a nice flat uh, shoe, so zero drop. The less cushion there, the better, personally, for me. If you want a little bit more cushion, as long as it's still a zero drop, like I said, Ultra makes some good shoes that aren't barefoot, but they do have a lot of good properties to them. 
Um, so no cushion, zero drop, and then as little support as possible because you're going to want to strengthen up those feet. If you're new to barefoot shoes, don't just jump in and go running in them or jump in and wear them all day long. Your feet aren't used to them, just like if you do anything new, right? If you've never deadlifted, you wouldn't go deadlift, try to deadlift 300 pounds right off the bat. It takes time. So I always cue people to kind of work into them slowly. Don't overdo it, right? So start with a small amount. If it feels good, increase it. Let your body, let those muscles adapt and get stronger as you go. So just make sure you kind of ease into it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode um, with all this talk of shoes. If you haven't already had any barefoot shoes, if you have any questions, let me know. If you do have a pair of barefoot shoes, comment what's your favorite shoe, um, what brands you have, um, things like that. And I'm always game to talk about feet, um, shoes, barefoot shoes, anything like that. Um, so I think it's real important. So everyone that I've recommended to wear barefoot shoes that actually got them, um, they love them. They have a hard time wearing other shoes sometimes because other shoes are more uncomfortable. They usually start off with this Amazon shoe that I've reviewed before, which I will put in the show notes below. It's a super cheap kind of intro barefoot shoe. It's like 35 bucks off of Amazon. It's durable. It lasts a long time and they have a lot of different styles. So that's what I always recommend people if they're a little worried, don't want to spend a lot of money. But other than that, I will see you guys next time and let me know if you have any questions.